Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. Today is day 572 of my daily Zohar reading. I'll be reading today part 2 of the Zohar, page 69a in English, which corresponds to page 383 of the Pritzker edition, Zohar, volume 4, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. I'm just going to jump right in. I'm starting about a sentence in uh, to page 69a, where it says, Jethro heard. Jethro heard, Exodus 18.1. He opened, saying, So I will praise you among the nations, O Yudhe and to your name I will sing, Psalm 18.50. King David uttered this in the Holy Spirit when he saw that the glory of the Blessed Holy One is exalted above, becoming glorified in the world only from the aspect of other nations. Now you might say, Look, the Blessed Holy One is glorified in the world only on account of Israel. Certainly so, for Israel is the foundation of the lamp shining, but when other nations come and acknowledge him, subjugating themselves to the glory of the Blessed Holy One, then the foundation of the lamp is augmented, empowered over all his works in a single bond, and the Blessed Holy One reigns alone, above and below. Similarly, fear and awe of the Blessed Holy One fell upon the whole world. As soon as Jethro came, supreme priest of all other false gods, glory of the Blessed Holy One was empowered, prevailing over all. For when the whole world heard of the might of the Blessed Holy One, they trembled, and all of them looked toward Jethro, who was wise and the ordained chief of all false gods of the world. Once they saw him come and worship the Blessed Holy One, saying, Now I know that Yudhevave is greater than all the gods, Exodus 18.11, they all withdrew from their idols realizing that these lacked any substance. Then the holy name was glorified on all sides. Consequently, this portion was inscribed in the Torah with him at its beginning. Footnote 48, among the nations, Rabbi Abba understands this phrase as on account of the nations through whose acknowledgement God is exalted. The lamp symbolizes Shekhinah, who is kindled by Israel's devotion, but also empowered by the subjugation of other nations. Footnote 49, fear and awe of the Blessed Holy One, the other nations were stunned by God's miraculous deliverance of Israel from Egypt and the splitting of the Red Sea. When they saw that Jethro, the great idolatrous priest, accepted the one true God, they too withdrew from idolatry, and God's name was glorified. Consequently, this Torah portion opens with the verse, Jethro heard, Exodus 18.1, and is named after him. Back up to the text. Jethro was one of Pharaoh's wise men. Pharaoh had three wise men. One was Jethro, one was Job, and one was Balaam. One was Jethro, for there was no worship or prince, minister, or star ruling its domain, for which he did not know the appropriate ritual and service. Balaam was a sorcerer in all kinds of sorcery, whether by act or by word. Footnote 50, Pharaoh had three wise men. According to rabbinic tradition, these three biblical figures all served as advisors to Pharaoh. Continuing now on page 384. Job was imbued with awe. His essence lay in that awe. For concerning an entity above, whether of holiness or of the other side, one cannot draw a spirit from above to below approaching it, except by awe. One should concentrate his heart and will in awe and in bro and brokenheartedness, and then draw down a spirit from above and the will that is needed. If he does not direct his heart and will in 
awe to that side, he cannot attain his aspiration, except for those tenuous forms, and not all of them, since among them are rulers who require intention of the heart and awe, all the more so those supernal entities which require awe, fear, and intention. Jethro needed to worship that side, whether at a time when people needed it or at a time when they did not, so that side would cling to him when he needed it. Balaam, by that sorcery, as has been said, Job, through the intensity of his awe, turned to revering the Blessed Holy One in Egypt when he saw those mighty deeds and miracles that the Blessed Holy One performed in Egypt. Despite all this, Jethro did not turn into, until Israel went out of Egypt. All those bonds and figures tied by the Egyptians were nothing, and they went forth. After he drowned them in the sea, he converted to the worship of the Blessed Holy One. Footnote 51, Job was imbued with awe. Such awe is essential if one seeks to draw down supernatural power, whether from divine or demonic sources, except for certain weak demons who can be contacted even without awe. In order to contact supernal holy entities, awe is required. Job's awe of the demonic realm was soon transmuted, as Rabbi, goes, Rabbi, as Rabbi Abba goes on to explain. On the possibility of drawing down holy or demonic powers, see Zohar Part 199b to 100a. Footnote 52, Jethro needed to worship. Jethro maintained contact with the demonic realm constantly so that he could draw on its power whenever necessary. Balaam clung to that realm through sorcery. Upon witnessing the miracles in Egypt, Job redirected his awe toward God. Jethro, however, did not acknowledge him until after the splitting of the Red Sea and the drowning of the Egyptians. Back up to the text, page 384. Balaam did not repent or turn, for the filth of the other side clung to him. Yet even so, he glimpsed from afar through that filth and clinging to the other side. For on the other side is a tenuous glow shining all around, as is written, and a radiance shining, and a radiance surrounding it. Ezekiel 1 4. By this small glimpse he glimpsed from afar, and so with all those words he saw a tiny bit of that radiance, as from behind a wall. He spoke without knowing what he was speaking, like that radiance of shutting the eye when the eyeball turns and a person sees concealed light, yet without seeing. This is the mystery of utterance of the man, Shtum Ha'ain, whose eyes closed, Numbers 24.3, as has been established, Shatum Situm concealed, and all is one. For the other side invariably contains a little tenuous glow from the side of holiness. Like most dreams, where in a heap of straw lies a single grain of wheat, except for those tenuous, impudent forms which are all extreme impurity, Balaam abode in all. 50, footnote 54, with all those words, referring to all of Balaam's prophecies, words renders melin, which can also mean matters. Rabbi Abba compares Balaam's prophetic vision to a technique for seeing colors. By closing one's eyes and pressing a finger on the eyeball until it moves, the colors of the spectrum appear, corresponding to the hidden colors of the sefirot. The original meaning of the phrase, Shatum Ha'ayin may be either whose eye is closed or whose eye is open. Here, Rabbi Abba links the root Shin Tav Mem with Samech Tav Mem to close. 
Putting out 55 like most dreams, this image of a grain of truth in a haystack represents an extreme reformulation of the saying attributed to Rabbi Shimon, son of Yochai, in Brachot 55a, quote, Just as there cannot be wheat without straw, so there cannot be a dream without nonsense, unquote. The, quote, tenuous impudent forms, unquote, are those demonic forces lacking any connection to the realm of holiness. The final sentence apparently means that Balaam, through his vision, experienced both the demonic and the holy realms. That's it for today's reading. Catch you all tomorrow. Take care.